Welcome to Better View Manor. We don't get very many visitors. When we do, we would like you to get comfortable and to stay a while. This evening, I have a very special guest, a very talented actor by the name of Paul T. Taylor. Paul, thank you for joining me on Buzzard View Manor. And could you please tell my guests or my listeners, I should say, you as my guest, um, a little bit about yourself and who you are? Well, thank you, Lana. It is my pleasure to be here. Um, yes, my name is Paul Taylor. And uh, most people who are into horror films know me because I played Pinhead in a Hellraiser film, Hellraiser Judgment, which was one of the many sequels. Um, but beyond that, uh, I am definitely an actor from the stage and I have done uh, a lot of films and TV as well. But I really started out in theater and I was quite the thespian from from when I was a child uh, all through. Well, for until now, uh, it's I I. I um, just grew up doing plays and musicals and loving to make people laugh and cry or whatever. Um, and then uh, my first movie was Sin City, which was in uh, early 2000s. I think it was 2004 or five. And after that, I started doing more movies and got some TV work and then eventually got to play, as I said, Pinhead in Hellraiser, which kind of gave me more of a uh, more notoriety and uh, a bit of an icon st uh, cult status, which is pretty crazy. Um, but it was, uh, it's kind of instant how that happened because the, it was already a well-established character in the eighties horror, you know, genre of uh, classic villains. So that's who I am. I continue to do movies and um, I'm I'm waiting to get back to theater. It's been a couple of years. The pandemic hit, and I haven't been on stage for over two years now, and I really do miss it very much. So, Paul, what was it that got you into theater at a young age? I um I don't remember if I auditioned for a play in grade school first, or if I saw my dad doing community theater first. Um, but I did see my dad do a lot of community theater. I grew up in Hutchinson, Kansas, in the middle of Kansas. Um, and uh, I do remember vividly seeing my father play Felix in The Odd Couple and uh, making people laugh. And and I really thought, I want to try that. But I don't know if I'd already done The Town Mouse and The Country Mouse in grade school, but I know at one point I did that. Um but yeah, I, just, I started doing plays in grade school and um, I did get to do one melodrama at the community theater with my dad. It's the only time I ever got to do a play with him, but he played the comic relief Mookie McGuggins in Dirty Work at the Crossroads. And I played little Adam and uh, it was a little little kid, little brat. I played a little brat, but um, I was very fortunate that I got to do a lot of community theater as a kid because um, the Hutchinson Recreation Commission had a children's theater that only happened during the summer. It was called Red Barn Players. So once I discovered that, I did that for probably four, four or five years until high school started. And then it was time to, you know, do high school theater. So, so I never say, stopped. Paul, would you say that um, Judgment was probably your entryway into the horror genre in film? Not really. Um, I mean, it was the biggest one and it was the one where people were they that's when people started saying he's a horror actor. 
um, I was always an actor and I'd done a couple horror movies before that, uh, but I don't really talk much about them because they weren't um, they weren't great. They were fun. I mean, I've actually had uh, I've had someone come up to me at a table at a convention with a copy uh, with a VCR, whatever VHS tape of wait, was it or was it a DVD? Might have been a DVD of um, of one of the films I did. And it actually happened the same year I did. I did Sin City. But um, and then there was a film, film called The Gray Man that I shot up in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Um many years ago which one would call that a horror film it was about albert fish the original based on a real guy uh mm-hmm. he, he he was a cannibal he ate black boys he um oh yeah no there's a little white girl too she was the one who was kidnapped anyway he he was uh anyway it was a very strange very strange um movie i got to do that so off and on i did horror but really it wasn't until judgment that that i became known as a horror actor but i still do all of it um but i am asked to do more horror now yeah well you know i remember seeing you in judgment and i thought that you were just fantastic and just seeing you even in person perform like i think that you're brilliant and you can most definitely tell that you're from the theater and i actually really enjoy working with people who have a theater background because there's such a presence about them, even right. on film, um, the way they deliver their dialogue, the way they present themselves, it's always mm-hmm. different from someone who's never had theater experience. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a strange thing. The the fact that they're so similar, the, the, I mean, I'm talking about acting. It's, they're so similar with, between film and, and theater and yet so different and you come at it from this direction or from this direction and it's really for me it's a lot of it also is just about being able to diction diction is is everything if i'm watching a film and i can't understand what someone's saying i just i lose interest and i just get angry of course the same could be said for theater but um i'm not saying that all acting is diction at all but you know what I mean? It's just that there's there there is a presence about theater people because it's let's see, what was it? A director said this to me a long time ago. And and I think that well, let me just say what he said. I was doing a musical comedy called Forever Plaid, and uh the the words as written, the plot, these characters, they're hysterical already. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is say your words. Right play your play and that's what he taught me was to trust it and uh he would he would call from new york and talk to the stage manager here and he'd say to her teresa whatever paul is doing tell him to stop it because i would always start doing i'd start doing instead of just saying it you know and that that really it really taught me a lot um because he said you know they are going to the audience is watching you you're on stage, you're wearing funny costumes, they're going to watch you. You have the spotlight. You don't have to do anything to get them to watch you. You're already there. And that's that's so true with theater. You know, uh, we have to trust that I, the eyes are on us. And then I think when it comes to film, it's interesting, Humphrey Bogart 
said, and I don't remember where I read this or heard this. I think I heard someone quote him in a movie. Someone who was an actor who was quoting Humphrey Bogart said, you have to, you know, you're not, let the camera find you. You don't, you, you can see some film performances where an actor is almost hiding from the camera, like forbidding the camera to even see their face. And I find that so interesting because it's kind of like a tease. And when you do finally get to see the eyes, it's kind of, um, I don't know, it's like a happy surprise. I, 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 um, I kind of love that. I can't think of any performances right offhand where that happens, but I see it all the time where it's just, no, I'm not gonna look even towards the camera until I really need to make a point. I don't know, there's an energy about it, I guess. I don't know, I've had coffee, so I'm a little, I might be a little out of my mind right now. I'm not <laughs> sure how much sense I'm making. No, you're making total sense. Okay, and, good. And for me, I feel that sometimes even just being on camera, there's layers that you have to cut through. So you have to be confident and you have to, you have to embrace the camera. You can't hide from it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's an interesting thing. If you, the thing about film acting is it sees the camera sees thought in your eyes with right. TV. That doesn't happen because the audiences, I mean, I'm sorry, with theater that doesn't happen because the audience is too far away. They, they can, they can, you can act the thought on the, in theater and you can fake it and get away with it. It's not as easy on film. Mm -mm. If you're thinking something, then the camera knows what you're thinking. Um, at least that's the theory. Yeah. And <laughs> the last couple things I've done, I feel like I'm finally, finally getting that. Um, it's, it's a long training process when you live, you know, in the middle of, uh, of Texas and there's not that much theater and film work. I mean, there's not that much film and TV work here anyway. So the opportunity is less. So the more times you do it, the better you get at it. So I feel like at this point in my career, I'm finally at a point where I can be natural on camera. Um, you know, Pinhead was the most unnatural thing I've ever done because I mean, look at him. You know, it's he's a monster. He's a freak. He's he's from another world. I wore black full sclera contact lenses. You couldn't see emotion. You could, I guess, sort of hear it in my voice mm -hmm. and sort of see it in my face, which is covered with foam latex. It's it's an it's an interesting thing. And yet that's some of the most subtle acting I've ever done. Which was coming from a theater background, having done a lot of musical theater. I had to tone it down. You have to tone that shit down yeah. for film because everything is so, you're acting it, you're acting, acting, stop acting. You can't, you have to be natural and real. It's, 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 it's fun. I mean, it's, it's fun and it, it, it's, it's a challenge. It's a real challenge. Yeah, I really enjoyed your performance in Roadhead. Thanks. Oh, that was such a silly. That, that was such, such a, a silly I movie. It it's got so many elements. It's it's got comedy. Yeah. It's got some mm -hmm. drama. It's got some yeah. fantasy, and it's dark. It's a dark film. It's really dark. Yeah, decapitation is pretty dark. <laughs> and and these guys, 
these guys are gonna rape this woman to make babies so that they can go on with their cult. And how many are actually in the cult? Four? It's, it's you know, we never know. <laughs> but you we, were scary in it because you're a part of the cult. Yeah, I was the leader of the cult. <laughs> and it's just basically these guys from LA who hate LA. Maybe they couldn't handle it. I don't know. So now they decided to move to the middle of nowhere and live in a in a junkyard and <laughs> and wear funky capes and be all like rapey and icky and well, have I'll this big what. muscle guy decapitating people for them. It's to keep I them away, I guess. I shared that movie and there are so many people who love it. <laughs> it's they're like it's oh my gosh why, why why haven't we like heard of this movie before i was like it's good they're oh yeah it's really it's perverse it's such a perverse movie <laughs> yeah so it's funny because i you know i shot that movie i it's not a very large role and i had either one or two days i think i only had one day um in barstow california which is it was a hundred and a million degrees it was disgusting a desert um and for not very much money and i do my one day on the set and i have to leave at 4 p.m to be driven to las vegas airport to fly to new orleans on the other side of the country um to shoot my day the next morning on the purge tv show and it was a it was night and day it was like this was this was like low budget horror film super like nasty disgusting funny stuff and then going to big budget huge nice. tv and it was just it was crazy and it was just a whirlwind and uh, i wish i wish i had more of that in my life actually at the time i was probably complaining who knows but it was <laughs> it was the perfect actors um two days it's like you're first you shoot a movie in california then you shoot a tv show in new orleans okay let's I mean, do but that's this. the beauty of it paul i mean it is it is the beauty of and it. experiencing different kind of sets and meeting different kind of people and yeah i think that's also the beauty to you know indie film and then you know you go from mm -hmm. that to a big production it's like whoa like you're you're exposed yeah. to so many like so many worlds in film yeah yeah. And if you're willing to just do anything, then like I am, then you get to do that. It's like, I'm not, I'm, I don't limit myself. I want to work. That's all. That's, that's all I know is I want to work. Um, if well, more people offered me roles, I would play more roles because I very rarely say no. Um, you know, it just depends on the material now. I, you know, I'm really, really tired of, of getting um, brutally murdered in movies. I don't want to be brutally murdered anymore. I want to do the killing if there's gonna be killing or I want to not even be involved with that part of it. Um, I just, there have been some films where you know, like a brutal murder to my character was necessary and actually important and it was a lead role. But then there have been others that I played that are a day player where I am, oh, he's a bank manager. Okay, let's shoot him in the head. You know, just, it makes me feel irrelevant. It makes me feel disposable. And I just, I can't, I don't want to do that anymore. I, I feel like I've, I've earned more than that, you know? Right. I want to play roles, interesting roles. Right. Good dialogue. So um, how do you feel that your 
loved and embraced by the horror community when you go to these conventions. Do you it's feel the love with the fans? I do get a lot of love. Uh, it and and uh, you know people who the, the, there's of course that crowd and it, the, the, they've been around forever and they will be around forever who only want the originals in, in their in their horror villains. And I've dealt with that from the very beginning before I even said my first line of dialogue when we were filming Judgment. Um, but those people, the haters, they don't come to my table. The people who come to my table are the ones who, like, I, it's so beautiful to find out that someone, of course, knows that you only did Pinhead once, that it was in Hellraiser Judgment, and they love you, you know? And they just look at it as, hey, you played Pinhead, and you played Pinhead well. That's all that matters. It's a character. It's a literary character. And I'm like, exactly. That's exactly the point. Um, it it's 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 wonderful, and I I just I I feel so lucky, and I am so grateful that I get to do these conventions. I mean, what a beautiful thing to happen to a person to get to sit on that side of the table and get money for writing my name on things. That's it's insane uh, in a way, you know, and it's wonderful, and I love it. And um, like I said, I'm just so grateful and surprised. Right. Um, you don't. You can't expect that to happen. I mean, maybe you can expect that to happen. It is all about creating your own reality. And I guess in a way, I did expect something like that to happen. But I never thought. I never. When I was imagining, you know, my future, trying to manifest better things for myself, I never imagined. Oh, and I'm going to sit behind tables and and sell my autograph or, or or just not even sell the autograph. It's more about giving these people an experience of meeting you and talking to you and getting to know you and you get to know them and it needs to be memorable. Right. And you need to give it your best and every time and don't don't arrive late. Don't leave early. It's you're there and it's it's a job, but it's also such a privilege. Right. It's such a privilege. And do you do realize without realizing <laughs> that you're part of a cult classic culture? I know it's crazy. And I don't realize it. And I, you know, I still don't know. I, and I know it's international. Yeah. It's like worldwide. People know Hellraiser. It's crazy. Yeah. And it, I'm just, I'm just little old Paul Taylor. I know how weird I am. I know how messed up I am. Uh, uh, you know, I've got some, I've got issues and I know what they are. And, and sometimes I can feel pretty darn small. Sometimes I feel huge, but it's, 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 it's really crazy. Um, Cause I'm just, of course, a human being like all of us. And, and to think that someone's watching that movie right now right. And, and, and thinking, wow, Pinhead. Yeah. Paul Taylor. I'm like <laughs> That's crazy to me. It's uh, and it's wonderful. It's it's such a blessing. Well, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I sorry to interrupt. There was uh, I had this theater friend who I did when I first moved to Texas in the eighties. We did the Rocky Horror Show, and I was in the chorus, getting my Equity Weeks so I could join the union. And but this guy played Frankenfurter. So years later, he lives in New York with his wife, and and he he tech and we. I just loved them. They took me under their wing when I arrived in. Texas and they were like they were so cool 
Kurt and Nance. They were the coolest people. And she played Janet and he played Frankenfurter. It was wonderful. And so they've they've done theater, a lot of Shakespeare for years and years and years and years. They live up Hudson Valley, uh, New York. And he just texted me very simply, congratulations on your instant cult status. And no one had ever said that before. And it was just like, my head exploded. It's like, oh my God. All I did was audition for a part. I mean, I knew it was a Hellraiser movie, but even though they were trying to keep it a secret, just from the script, I knew it was a Hellraiser movie, but still it was just an actor and who got you know, a role. It's, it's one of those things where that script that you get or whatever you audition for or whatever role you decide to take, you never know if it's yeah. going to be the movie that everyone's always going to remember you for and you'll right. live forever. Like when we are dead and gone, you're still going to be pinhead from judgment. Mm -hmm. Like you're still yeah. going to live on through your films. And yeah, I know it's very cool. And for some people, I'm the wormy assistant DA who gets his arm broken in three places by Marv in Sin City, you know, and I don't right. even have any lines in that. Or the guy who's wailing on baby Rain Wilson at the beginning of Super or or whatever. It's just like, that's what you remember me for? It's so crazy. But it's so nuts. there are other things that there's a talent that you have that most people don't realize that you have. You're amazing with dramatic makeup. Oh, I love makeup. I have, thank you. I've loved makeup since I discovered my mother's lipstick, you know, as a child in the bathroom, in the family bathroom. It was, uh, yeah, I just, I love turning myself old or into a monster or doing drag makeup or whatever it happens to be. I want to make it the best I can. I remember several years ago, I got to play what was described as the oldest man in the world. Now, of course I wasn't, I was like 40 something and playing a role that had to have a lot of energy. He was an old, 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 obviously stage manager. It was a theater piece in a play. It was called Ladies of the Camellias and it was about, um, oh, who are these two famous actors? I don't remember, but I was the stage manager and I was like the age, the, 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 the oldest character, not the oldest actor, but I was the oldest character in the play. And I went to Norcostco and I bought so much makeup. And uh, sorry, I'm getting a call. Need to ignore that. Let's see. Send to voicemail. Go away. Okay. Anyway, um, so I, uh, I bought all the brushes and I got the books and and I'm telling you, I the biolabial folds and the shading and the... I got there and it wasn't even that large of a role. I think I had one large, couple large scenes at the beginning. I started the play and then one more scene in act one. And then I left and I didn't come back to the end of act two. And, um, but it, it didn't matter. I just, want, I needed to make that impression. And I had a French accent, which was of course so much fun. And I played with little baby snakes. They were these little rubber baby snakes. But anyway, I think my name was Benoit or something. Benoit, like the balls. No, B-E-N-O-I-T. <laughs> Benoit? Ben Benoit? Benoit? Anyway, um, I did that. And then Halloween. You know, Halloween has always been my favorite holiday. And I think the fact that I did a lot of children's theater, um, like my first professional gig was with Wichita Children's Theater. Uh, actually second, but still, 
I played Reverend Epinard the Hedgehog. So I had to do hedgehog makeup and it was designed by Ellen Corey, I think her name was. She did the make original makeup designs and that's what we followed. And it was just so much fun to draw on my face and see what it could do because it was brilliantly designed. And then when I, then in 1999, I discovered Living Dead Dolls. So I don't know if you know these, but uh, they're, they're these, they're these dead children, they're dolls that are like eight, 10 inch dolls. And um, and they are packaged in coffins and they're basically zombie children. And this company every year would have a Halloween contest and you do one of those characters of the dolls. And I would, I think I've entered that thing over the years, six, seven times. I've now won four times. Um, and that's really fun. I mean, make it, I mean, just taking it and taking that crazy hair and get the crazy, scary contact lenses, whatever kind of eyes these this particular doll you decide to do has and doing the makeup. And some of these faces are just so grotesquely beautiful and with bright colors and then muted colors and, and, uh, and building the costumes, all of it. It's just, I love turning myself into a monster. When I was a kid, Growing up, loving Halloween so much, um, I just wanted to be scary, grotesque, and unrecognizable. And then I was happy. It, I couldn't scare anyone in real life. Um, and I think the only reason I scare people now is because I can be a little creepy. And some people, you know, it, you know, I'm 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 a grown man who's mostly alone. I never have. I'm never holding someone else's hand. I'm just, you know, it you know if, you are if I'm nothing, sitting in the... you are anything but creepy you are one of the sweetest humans i've ever oh, met well, not even you. creepy and, and if you and if you think you're creepy then i'm creepy because i get you <laughs> <laughs> well i know i'm not creepy inside well maybe i'm a little creepy <laughs> but people don't need to know about that but uh i've played some creepy people yes but maybe that just comes with uh with people looking at me and thinking white privilege i mean i'm definitely that i i i'm that i'm that wasp i'm so waspy it's crazy it's just uh, uh you know um and i i get white privilege and i've been a benefactor i've benefited from that my whole life and i i i know that it it there's an ugly 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 side to it but that's who I play a lot of. Um, and many times those characters are creeps. Yeah. Because yeah. they take this power they have and they abuse it. And uh, I hate those people. And so maybe that's why I enjoy playing them. To expose, you know, exposing right. them. And sure. at the same time, it really is kind of fun to be an asshole. Right. Uh, and getting paid to do one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, Paul, hmm. are there any words of advice or wisdom you want to leave with us before we call it a night? I would just say it to anyone listening um, who is young and or not, maybe not even young. Well, actually, I'm talking to the young uh, people who want to pursue theater, film, TV, any of it, acting as a profession. Um, I would say that uh if there's anything else that you can do that would make you as happy 
that you can think of, then you should do it because you are asking for a life of rejection when you become an actor. Um, you will not get all the roles you audition for and you have to have a tough skin. At the same time, many of the best actors are total... Um, oh, they're... Oh, what's the word? Um, uh, empaths. I mean, you have to be tissue. Your skin has to be tissue thin to be a good actor, and yet you have to have a tough skin because the because the business itself is so is so hard. But uh, but if you want it more than anything else in the world, then then please don't listen to anyone who tells you that you should do something else because only you know what you should be doing, and um, the, when you decide to do it, just do it. Just do everything and. Get a college degree, no matter what it's in. It's going to help you. It's going to help you in life. And you're, you're. This is from a college dropout. You're hearing this. I know from experience that you, that getting a college degree, no matter what it's in, is going to help you in any job, any any higher up job that that you're going to go for. Um, so, get go to college if you can, and don't listen to anyone who tells you to do something else. And do something else if there's anything else you can do that will make you happy. Those are my three things. And that's so true. And let me let me chime in real quick. Um, what he said is true because there was this uh, little production company that I was supposed to help out on or be chosen from, but didn't get chosen because I didn't have a college degree. But guess what? That production company is no more in the DFW area. So uh, I think I probably know who it is, but we won't talk about that. You know, you good, know. Things to co- good things come and bad things come and, you know, you just never know. Sure. And, and guess what? One door closes, another one opens. And that's why I prefer to create my own stuff and bring, exactly. people on, bring people onto my projects. I don't care if you have a college degree or not, as long as you're a good person and you love the arts and you respect mm-hmm. each other, I'll work with you. So yeah, it's all about relationships in this business. Yeah. All about it. Don't be a dick on camp on, on set. Oh my, it's just like, oh, right. It's people talk. Oh my God. Yes, they do. And everyone, thank you for listening in and chatting with me and Paul Taylor. Good night. Good night.